0: Welcome back to the Being Forces Friendly Podcast, a monthly podcast where we sit down with experts from the armed forces, government and business to discuss engaging with defence and the mutual benefits that come from it. Hello and welcome to uh, today's podcast, which is uh, the first for the Gold Alumni Association, I hope, of many. And uh, we're gathered uh, today in Holden S House, the headquarters of Defence Relationship Management, uh, for uh, this podcast on uh, the Gold Alumni Association chair by myself, Jamie Black, and uh, we have gathered around the table a uh, sort of a very impressive array of talent. And so I'm going to ask each person to introduce themselves uh, and just to give a hint as to what they do and why they're here. So we'll start on my left, uh,
1: which is Jacko. So, Jacko. Jamie, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, Neil Jackson, uh, a known university as Jacko. So, I look after the director for Defence Relationship Management. And um, uh, first of all, thanks to everyone around the table, and particularly for the Gold Alumni Association for everything you do for the Defence Forces community. And I think that is really important that we get that out there because it is the advocacy, the mentorship and the leadership that you guys show uh, both regionally and centrally and nationally across the commercial and indeed the public sector from the um, 226 gold holders that there are. Um, which is fantastic. Um, so, um, on, on the back of that, so yes, the Director of Defence Relationship Management, um, our key outputs really are the Armed Forces Covenant and then the Employer Recognition Scheme, running from bronze through to gold. And in order to deliver that, I've got a team of about 75, which is split uh, across the country um, of regional employer engagement directors and also national account managers backed by an internal to us a comms team who do events as well as um, leading on internal comms on uh, employer engagement issues. And also then we have a research and intelligence team that sits in in the center um, as well. And really collaboratively what we um, seek to do is to A, encourage organizations as employers to sign the armed forces Covenant, but then to get on that journey on the employer recognition scheme. Thank you, Jackie. Mark.
2: Hello, uh, I'm Mark R. Scott. I'm BT's full-time Head of Military Engagement. and very lucky to have that role. I've been doing it for four years now, would you believe? Um, my job is to uh, drive a program that supports the armed forces community. Uh, on behalf of BT. That's inside our company, Uh, our veterans, our reservists, military charities, uh, our armed forces network, uh, but also looking outwards. So managing a programme of mentoring called uh, Transition Force, uh, recruiting uh, armed forces leavers and veterans, uh, and so on and so forth. I also make sure that we deliver our armed forces covenant pledges. And Mark does quite a lot more than that. He's uh, hiding his light under a bushel.
0: So he's also Deputy Chairman of the Gold Alumni Association and uh, does a huge amount to uh, help uh, those other organisations who are part of that and
3: those who aspire to it. So thank you, Mark. Darren. Good morning to everybody. Um, my name is um, Darren Knight. I'm from Pertemps. Uh, Pertemps are the largest privately owned recruitment company um, in the country. I'm the Armed Forces Liaison Manager uh, for Pertemps. As well as um, doing that job, um, I am one of the regional leads for the Gold Award Association um, for the North of England, um, just of of late concentrated on the Northwest. But I'm also uh, very much part of the Midlands sector, the the West Midlands sector, and part of their regional employee engagement um, group in the West Midlands. Paris. Thank you very much, Dan.
0: Now, we're here today to talk about the Gold Al- Alumni Association and uh, probably a bit of context would be useful to start with. Uh, so uh, it's something that Mark and I have been involved in uh, from the very beginning back in 2016. Uh, and uh, sort of the Gold Alumni was set up when there weren't many gold, uh, gold award holders. And in 2016, uh, it was decided uh, that it would be uh, sort of interesting to see if we could learn from each other and uh, and then perhaps inspire others to f- uh, to follow uh, where we had already trodden uh, with the help of DRM, and uh, and so a gold alumni association was was set up, and uh, here we are. And I'm pleased to report that uh, the numbers of, of organisations within it uh, is now notionally standing at 226. And in terms of, of what we do and and how we do it, I can leave Mark to explain that as our deputy chairman, and he he holds our Uh, very light-touch constitution as well. Um, But the the aim really is to uh, provide a really positive uh, and independent voice into uh, the Ministry of Defence so it's, it's a fairly eclectic organization. We have a very wide range of uh, members from very small, uh, literally in the in the tens of people employed, all the way up to very large multinationals. Uh, it covers um, health, it covers education, it covers defense. You'll be unsurprised to hear. And uh, what is even more encouraging is the number of other organizations uh, that have, have come in uh, to support this who have Little or no defence background, so probably enough on on how and why we started. And I'd now like to hand over to Mark Faskett,
2: and uh, just to uh, give a, a brief description of, of what we do, how we do it, why we do it. Thanks, Jamie. <clears throat> so I'm not going to uh, regurgitate the constitution that we've written because that's available online uh, via our LinkedIn group. And um, all you need to do, if you're a member of LinkedIn, is uh, is search for the MOD Employer Recognition Scheme Gold Alumni Association. Uh, if you can't find it yourself, then I'm sure your contact at uh, DRM or RFCA will be able to point you in the right direction. Uh, but essentially, what we're trying to achieve is um, pretty much what we as Pretty much long-standing gold award holders have have experienced some of some of the benefits of bilateral ag- advocacy. So a lot of us do advocacy with other companies, mainly at the request from our national account managers or or our REEDs, and we're helping bronze and silver holders. Um, along the journey and we're also sharing our best practice with other gold award holders and for me and i've been involved with the gold alumni since it started phase one and now with its current guys is i i want to turn these bilateral benefits that BT and myself experienced into multilateral benefits so we can all do more and achieve more essentially to build upon the success of the Employer Recognition Scheme and to make it go further. Uh, So our mission, um, which actually remains unchanged since we first uh, established the Gold Alumni, is to be an independent collective voice of enlightened employers that wish to develop best practice mentor and inspire those wishing to get the most of their armed forces covenants. So if I break that down a little bit, uh, firstly to mentor and inspire, well we're well placed to do that. All of the gold award holders have been through the journey, we've demonstrated to, to, to defence our credentials and uh, we want to do more. Uh, secondly to provide an independent collective voice. well. We uh, really focused uh, on generating mutual benefit for the defence enterprise. So we collectively, as an alumni, can champion key policy areas and feed back to defence what we're experiencing, whether that be reserve policy, veterans, skills, families, wounded, injured and sick, recruiting, that sort of thing. So uh, Jamie, as chair of the Gold Alumni Association, sits on the MOD's Chief of Defence People's uh, Steering Group, He's, he has an advisory group, all to do with basically the, HR, the MOD's HR policy. So we can we have a mechanism to, to feed from the regions, which uh, we'll hear about later, into the Gold Alumni Steering Group, and then into Defence, and de- back down again, so we can have that really healthy conversation. Um, And thirdly, uh, we want to develop best practice independently and separately as gold award holders. We're all doing great things. And sometimes those great things will work in other companies. So we want to to share that best practice and help other companies uh, develop in whatever way that might be. How we achieve that is is pretty, it's it's in the constitution we talk about this being an organic organisation. So it's not rigid and structured and hierarchical. It's very much, let's get on and do it. Um, And if it's a good thing to do, let's do it. It's as simple as that. So we're a part of a massive community that is continually growing and uh, let's make the most of it. Fantastic. Thank you very much there, Mark. And, and
0: just to, uh, to expand on a couple of those points. So in terms of that independent voice, uh, it's something that uh, is is not um, a we're not a rubber stamping organisation. We are a wholly independent voice, and we have uh, sort of as you've heard from the introduction um, support from uh, DRM and the MOD, and so Jacko is is here leading that charge. But um, we and, you know we are a very light touch organisation. We don't have a formal funded sort of permanent staff or anything like that. So we are reliant uh, to an extent. Uh, uh, on the support of the MOD to help uh, help us organise things uh, and to put together events uh, such as our annual gathering, um, but. We are wholly independent um, in terms of what we do and how we do it. And we obviously uh, seek the input from the MOD where we've got questions, and we seek to assist and to help nudge policies from time to time. Um, and that means that we can be uh, uh, we can be critical if needed. And I think that's a really important point. At this point, I can hand over to Jacko and uh, and ask him for his view of how the Gold Alumni and the Gold Alumni Association in particular uh, benefit the Armed Forces and support the Armed Forces cover. Yeah,
1: yeah no thanks, Jamie. And I, 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 you know, picking up on your point there, I think it's really important that the MOD does support what you do because you do so much um, for the MOD as an organisation. And I think um, one thing we've talked a lot about already about the community. I think it might be worth just um, um, sort of outlining. What we mean by that armed forces community, because as far as I'm concerned, um, every day that the team collectively deliver against what DRM has been told to deliver, we work um, directly into Lieutenant General uh, Richard Nuge as Chief of Defence People. It is Every day, if my team are delivering something which benefits that armed forces community, as far as I'm concerned, that's a job well done, and we can all go and have a scoop, which is fantastic. And 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 that community is, it's service leavers, so those that are transitioning out of regular service uh, into the the next stage of their career be that into the public sector or private sector it really doesn't matter Um, it's then veterans so those who've already left and that is a veteran any veteran it's not uh, time bound it's any any description of veteran i know there's a lot of work going on uh, both in terms of research but also organizations indeed one of the gold alumni uh, deloitte who are looking at that at the moment in terms of uh, what how you define a veteran and therefore what it means uh, for support to that veteran, which is um, opposite in terms of the uh, Office of Veterans Affairs just having stood up recently as well. So I think there's a lot of synergy between what the Gold alumni can offer in terms of their views and advice into that nascent um, organisation. So there's there's the service-deavers, there's the veterans, Pivotally for us in defence relationship management, originally we were set up really to support reserves. Uh, the defence model, UK defence model, is now uh, predicated on having an operational capability uh, that is made up probably of about 25% reserves um, across the, um, uh, the the whole workforce. As a result of that, if you're going to have uh, an operationally capable defence force with those reserves, you need supporting employers because a reservist can't operate and deliver that operation capability without um, without that um, support from the employer. So there's three cohorts. And then we've also got um, um, those who sit in and around that community as well. So we have some wounded, injured and sick, um, uh, um, uh, who sits probably most, most, probably in the veteran space. Um, We then have Cadet Force Outlet Volunteers, who are a really important part of the youth organisation, which runs about 128,000 cadets, I think, across the UK. Uh, And then, as important, we have the spouses and partners of all of those individuals so to my mind that's the armed forces community and as I say um, so what is it that I see that the, um, the GAA the Gold Alumni Association and indeed all of those who've who've taken the time the effort to sign up to the armed forces community uh, the armed forces covenant apologies and, and the employer recognition scheme what is what is that benefit so I think there's a couple of key areas and Mark very usefully touched on them on, on a couple of them uh, already so I'm going to start with that and I think it's, um, it's a network of networks. Um, it is a group of uh, individuals and organizations and companies and employers who've signed up to get behind, put their shoulder behind a particular wheel, and therefore they're like-minded. And actually, that means that the best practice piece that Mark was just um, uh, referring to is really important because I think what it means is the critical friend piece that, uh, Jamie, you were alluding to before. I think it is really important because otherwise, we potentially, in in defence, sit in an ivory tower coming up with really good ideas. And actually, it's really good to have an independent, sort of like an 11th person, you know, uh, to to provide the casting vote uh, that says, actually, have you really thought about this? Because in business, we've tried that. And this worked for that reason, or it didn't work for that reason, and therefore you might wish to consider it in that way. And I think for us uh, in the Ministry of Defence, that's really important because we are really entering into workforce planning uh, with a lot more vigor than we have done perhaps in the past and I think that's where the benefits really are I think that defense can provide probably two or three different areas of, um, of skill sets and skills mapping into the into uh, into the commercial sector one is technical skills and let's face it there's a sort of um, as um, um, I think uh, technical skills have a half-life so they're constantly evolving so as a result of that defense training has to come Constantly evolve, which means our individuals within defence are adaptable. They're constantly being trained. They're constantly getting new equipment. I had a really good anecdote the other day about an infantry. So apologies to anyone that's listening that's uh, uh, either an ex or a current infanteer Was the infantiers just you know uh, put a pack on their back, you know fix a bayonet to their rifle, and off they go to do um, uh, to do the queen's duties? But actually, um, I was at the National Exhibition Centre up in Birmingham, and there was a young um, a, a chap from the Rifles Regiment who. He'd only been serving uh, in in the army for about two years, and he was stood in front of um, their new vehicle, the Bloodhound. And he just started talking about that vehicle. He started talking about the communications um, suite that's on it. He started talking about the complex weapons platform that's on that vehicle. He started talking about the mechanics. He introduced his friend, who is one of the mechanics, who works on it from the Royal Electrical Mechanical Engineers. And suddenly what you build up is, is this whole technical skill set, which I think just continues to go. So I think the benefit of that, those types of individuals flowing out into, uh, into organisations such as those who are the Gold Alumni Association is absolutely fantastic. So they're hard skills. There's also all the soft skills that we talk about. There's the soft skills, uh, leadership, camaraderie, self-discipline, turning up on time, reducing number of sick days, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's all really true, but are they really soft skills? I'd say they're sort of, uh, I've heard it described as anchor skills. They're something which means that you can put someone into an organization. Who's adaptable, but quite quickly they really bed into that organisation quickly and start adding value against for new guys, which is profit and loss. Uh, but for us, uh, is you know, so sort of stickability, if you like. Uh, they, you know, they go into an organisation and they do really well at staying there, and they bring with them the values and standards which the um, the military has instilled in them uh, all the way all the way through uh, their their career. There's then uh, if I broaden that, and then I'll um, then I'll, um, I'll I'll sort of. Pause But there is then the the network of networks, which I referred to um, earlier, and I think that's really important because um, at the moment we're getting about between 25 and 30 organisations signing up to the Armed Forces Covenant every week. It's it's amazing. I, 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 it is fantastic. And I'm humbled by that because um, we don't have a business development or a sales team. Yes, I have, you know, with Nat, the national account managers, and also the regional employer engagement directors out in the regions who, you know, work alongside, you know, Darren. And, um, and, and I think, you know, that's really important. You touched on it briefly before, Jamie, about supply chain, you know, those organisations with whom Circo works, for example, who you are a positive force for good and saying to them, well, have you considered about the armed forces covenant? And then once people are on that journey, um, we can we can we can grow from there. So I think it's um I think it's really important that whole that whole advocacy um, piece, and it's pan sector, and really importantly for us. Um, I often hear anecdotally that it's difficult for organisations or or employers to um, or, or or government in particular to sort of break in and understand the small medium enterprise. Well, out of those twenty five to thirty. The vast majority are from organisations that employ between 1 and 50 um, people. And as I say, sometimes they're often humble when I speak to them. And I say, right, okay, well, why? Well, because it's the right thing to do. But importantly, then say, well, actually, we've got a couple of reservists in our workforce. The skill set that they transfer across is phenomenal. And we want access to the skill set that service leavers bring as well. And I think, therefore, what the Gold Alumni Association does is it, eh, it, eh, cements that and glues that together both at the national level and at the regional level and organisations such as, uh, and I'll call a few out but there's dozens, Uh, the bigger organisations such as Barclays who deliver vets and the after programmes, Salesforce who deliver vets force all the way through to then smaller level organisations such as Combat Pest Control and Michael Coates who we all know um, uh, who does fantastic work for our agenda um, employs veterans, you know they're a veteran um, only, only workforce and then there's Darren's organisation who do loads of work with uh, with both um, reservists and and service levers. So um, I think there's that. Um, but what else do does it do? You help us do the gold alumni really. The benefit to us is well, you connect us to society because you sit out in society much better than uh, the MOD does. The MOD is increasingly broad its basis into relatively central hubs uh, i'm from i'm from wiltshire and i look around tidworth and bulford and all of those um, um service men and women and families coming back from germany are largely centering around there uh, so really big um hubs of defense but we're not necessarily now as seen as much in society and in the community and i think you bring that because you understand it you Talk to your workforce about it, and you talk to others and say, Hey, well, look, you know, we're connected to Defence, and um, and they do this. So, uh, there you go. That's some of my feelings about what role you do and deliver. I think, Jackie, that you, you've
0: neatly encapsulated some of the changes that Defence is going through, uh, where the Gold Alumni. Knight- uh, are wholly relevant. So you talked about uh, sort of, uh, linking the MOD with wider society in a yeah. way that will become ever more important. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, mm-hmm. sort of most of the Golden Eye Association is no longer Got a fixed base in defence, so it's it's uh, sort of primary healthcare trusts, it's uh, universities, it's companies which have nothing to do potentially with with defence, as well as yeah. companies that support defence. But they deal with defence people, as you yeah. say. So, so And so they they can bring uh, sort of a degree of knowledge back into uh, the defence field that that is is hard won and potentially very valuable. But the one thing I think we can be reasonably sure of is that there will be ever more need to support defence uh, in a non, in a way that isn't uh, sort of accordance in accordance with the traditional model of you're a regular, we grow you from age 18, uh, we spit you out at eight point in, in your 30s, 40s, 50s, uh, are you going to uh, in, into um, a sort of a, a post-military job and as a veteran and uh, you know, may contribute a little bit back, uh, maybe a reservist, but but there's a there's a big disconnect. I think there's going to be a much more blended future uh, where civilians. Uh, are coming in laterally, perhaps, uh, into defence in some form or another, and we're going to need to uh, effectively uh, broadcast the benefits of why we do this uh, much more positively. And that's where I think uh, the Gold Alumni, in the future, will have a really important role to play. So uh, one of the things that we did for the Mark II version of the Gold Alumni Association was very much concentrate on uh, how do we make uh, being a gold award uh, holder much more relevant to those companies which uh, which are coming, and we could see the numbers uh, rapidly increasing in terms, of, in terms of gold award winners. Um, how do we make it more relevant to company, companies and organisations which don't have any representation anywhere near London? And so, um, plagiarism being a serious form of flattery, uh, we decided to copy uh, the RSCA regional structure uh, so that we could tie into what DRM and the RSCAs do. Uh, the RSCA standing for um, uh, the
1: Reserve Forces Cadets Association thank you very much 13 of them spread across the country excellent
0: uh, we we probably primed that one earlier Uh, and um, our, our aim is very much to make uh, the Gold Alumni Association, uh, a sort of a many-headed hydra. Um, so what we have is uh, the thirteen uh, sort of regional areas uh, that uh, each has uh, a group of a group of leads uh, that may be two people, it may be more strong, and they are there to encourage uh, things to happen on a regional basis. And I'm looking at uh, Darren Knight from Pertemps now, who uh, who's our regional lead for the Northwest. And um, I'd like to hand over now uh, as to you know sort of. What this achieves, mm. where uh, where Darren you feel it has strengths equally, where yeah. where we need to improve things because it's not it's certainly not perfect, and we're still in relatively
3: early days. Yeah. So, as a bit of background, prior to two thousand and eighteen, as, as Jamie said, it was the. Um, When we had a gathering, it was very much London-centric. So we decided back in 2018 to to spread the love uh, across the GAA. Um, We didn't quite manage to cover the whole of the 13 um, RFCAs, um, but what we we did, we had um, we we doubled up on people to cover certain areas, um, and I was given the north of England. But as the number of um, um, GAA members have grown, we're now able to reflect the 13 RFCAs. CA locations or regions across the country. And as Jaco mentioned, that's quite important because if you think about service levers, where are they going to settle? They're not going to settle in one particular area, they're going to settle throughout the country. Very true. and there's organisations like CTP who do a, a good job in resettling those people, but it's that additional advice that we can give as employers, what areas to settle down, uh, for instance, because not only uh, when service leavers are leaving, they're looking at jobs, they're looking at where to live as well. So we can give we can give that advice. Um, more importantly, reserves um, and the wider military community is part of that a local community. So... If you look at one of the original principles of the Armed Forces Covenant, it says it's the moral obligation between the nation, government, and armed forces at local level. Okay, so so when the Gold Award Association or Gold Alumni was formed, you know we gathered in London. But we hadn't really covered the whole of the country, and we've we've gone to great uh, strengths now to, to go and get that covered, um, with the whole w- military community. And, now, and sorry,
0: just to interrupt for a moment. Uh, if you go onto uh, the Gold Alumni Association uh, LinkedIn page, uh, you will find uh, the current version of uh, the uh, sort of points of contact for the regional for our 13 regions. Sorry, Darren, yeah, i interrupted.
3: So, so, the the benefits of uh, of setting up the um, the region. And having a regional lead um, goes back to what what, what was said about the, the aims of, of the GAA itself. And the first one's you know, talking about mentoring and inspiring, you know, we can work very closely with the reads in each in each area uh, a, as a parent, as a mentor,ing and give that inspiration to, to those um, companies not only sign the Armed force Covenant, but those who want to go through the Employer Recognition Scheme um, and. And the way that we can do that is very much a buddy-buddy system, which you wouldn't be able to if if you was just a national. So in the regions, we can act as that buddy-buddy organization. Uh, And like like I said, mentioned before, assisting the the REITs. Quite often in the regions, they they do workshops for people that uh, um, aspire to be silver or gold. So the GAA can assist the REITs in that, giving that mentoring and attend those workshops and give it, and give advice. Then we were talking about uh, providing an independent voice. the regions, every two regions have got you know different different issues, different problems. Um, so, so we can look at that, work with the reads, and so not only feed those issues, concerns, ideas, objectives through the GAA, we can actually put it through the readers uh, as well. Um, so so, so our, our voice is heard. Whereas if it was all meeting in London, it's it's less likely somebody from Scotland is going to come all the way to to London to speak about those um, areas of, of concern. And then the, the last bit is developing best practice. Um, when you sit on a region and you go around the table and hear those different initiatives from the from the companies, quite often you can learn more from other organisations than you do your own thing. So I think that's really that, that's really important. And when we're looking at the regions as well. CTP, the REEDs, um, military charities, they reflect the regions as well. So if we can um, build relationships with those, not only are we helping service leavers um, getting to work, we can, we can assist um, reserves more locally, veterans more locally, and the wider military community, in particular the military charities working together. So whether that's if a council um, decides to have a um, armed forces partnership of some kind, the GA can embed themselves on that partnership because not only have we been through that journey we are actually we've learned from each other and we can share those best practices for the good and benefit of the wider military community and then we mentioned already the social value not only working with the charities but actually we we can add some value here uh, I'll give you a perfect example no names no drills, but one of the charities was finding it difficult to find a room in a particular in the in the northwest and did approach, approach two signatures of the Armed Forces Covenant and, and couldn't manage to get a room to, to interview um, some four veterans. So it came to me as the regional lead for the GEA, and with a phone call, uh, we got them a, we got, them a room, uh, got them a room to interview four, four veterans. So, so there's quite a bit we can do because we've got a network of companies now and we can give that, we can give that support. Um, and, and the GEA can do that.
0: Thank you very much for that, Darren. And I think it's, there's there's a couple of things that are, are really important to bring out there. You know, sort of that network of networks um, at, a, at a local level is something that uh, I think will become a real strength over time as the Gold Alumni numbers increase. Uh, and what I'm hoping we'll be able to encourage is very much a localised approach to reservist units, to MOD units, so that when things happen, the local, uh, the local commander, the local CEO, uh, will know to go direct to the, the GAA regional uh, leads and say, Look, I've got, a, I've got, I need, I need a helping hand with this. I need some advice on that. Um, I've got some reservists who are looking for a job in this area. Uh, can any of your uh, your employers help, for example? And, uh, colloquially, you know, parochially, um, uh, for, for myself as uh, uh, a member of a company called Serco, you know, we're always looking for reservists. So I would, I would be incredibly happy if, uh, if a reservist commander said, uh, you know, sort of, we've just had a whole bunch of people being made redundant uh,
1: because a company's gone bust, you know, can you help? And I think um, if I was pick up on that, Jamie, as well, because um uh, something that Darren mentioned is the REAG, which is the Regional Employer Engagement um, Group, which is, it's where that level of interaction happens. So, because at that REAG, you've got employers, um gold holders as well, but um, across the whole um, spectrum. And that's where they interact with the local level military commanders across all three services of the uh, Navy, Army uh, and Air Force. And I think that's really important. Um, Picking up on the London-centric bit, Darren, you're absolutely right. Uh, You know, MOD is the central headquarters, but of course, there are um, uh, the regional uh, points of command headquarters for the Army, and a similar construct for the Navy and Air Force. And it's those Forums bringing them together means that regional, because each region does things slightly differently, quite rightly yeah. so. Uh, and I think um, having that um, that forum to come together, I think is really important to pick up on your point, Jamie, about about keeping everyone together. So uh, yeah, thanks. That's yeah. That, that was, I'm really glad you brought that out. Thanks, Darren
0: Fantastic. Well, I think uh, we've we've had a fairly extensive discussion and uh, this segues nicely into uh, sort of part two, which we will address uh, very shortly. Uh, so uh, if you're listening to this um, on the podcast, hopefully you will now uh, click on to, uh, to the next session, but we're going to break here. Uh, so we're going to dive down uh, into more detail uh, in the next session. Thank you.